Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today I am going to be joined by my friend and colleague and someone who I have worked with personally through her healing practice. Her name is Michelle Brock. She is a past life regression therapist and the author of a new book called Who Do You Think You Are, which is coming out from Penguin uh, in next couple of months, and it's available, a book that's available for pre-sale right now. So I'm going to be telling you about a lot about Michelle's work and who she is and what she does and her new book. But we're going to be doing that within the context of a conversation also about um, what ancient astrologers said and what they believed when it came to past lives, past life regression, um, the transmigration of the soul and stuff like that. Um, I think you guys are going to really like Michelle. I've known her for a long time and um, she's a fantastic person and a really great healer. And I love the um, concept behind her new book. So I'm excited to tell you guys about it. I worked with her last year and I had a really powerful healing experience. And I believe that, I mean, I get questions all year round from people saying like, is, you know, evolutionary astrology is one of the big schools of modern astrology. It would spend a lot of time looking at the, uh, progression of the soul through lifetimes and stuff like that. Ancient astrology, well, it doesn't focus as much on, say, reading the nodes of the moon as a way of understanding the soul's evolutionary journey. But ancient astrologers very much believed in the transmigration of the soul, the evolution of the soul and things like that. So I want to lay some of that out there for you today and then bring Michelle on to talk about this subject in depth as well as her new book. Before we get into it, though, as always, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments and reflections. If you've ever had a past life regression or you've done past life regression therapy before, it'd be really interesting to hear some of your stories today or your own reflections about um, this topic in general. Uh, it would be just really interesting to see uh, a little bit of conversation around the topic. So fill up the comments section. We'd love to see that today. Uh, if you want, you can find a transcript of today's talk on the website, nightlightastrology.com. And don't forget that we are in the midst of enrollment season right now. My new class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystics, starts on November 18th. So it is not too late to sign up. If you scroll down on this page, you'll be able to learn more about the class and what it includes. It is all held via live webinars over the course of a year. It's a deep immersion into ancient Hellenistic astrology, but we also um, make sure that everything is cataloged and archived on a class website. So if you, whether it's time zones or work or kids that you can't make it to these classes live, you can always uh, watch them on the website or download them to your device and watch them however you want on your own time. Uh, at the bottom of the page, you will also find some payment options and registration is there at the bottom of the page. Early Bird saves you $500 off. There is a 12-month payment plan if you want to spread things out over a year. And then uh, we also still have spots left in our need-based tuition um, program. So if you are someone who needs a little bit of help to make studying astrology in this program happen, please do take advantage of that. We know that people are coming from a variety of different life circumstances. A lot of people have a lot of debt you're managing a family, we get it. So if you need a little bit of help to make sure that you're not pushing yourself outside of your means to take this class, please do use that. We have spots left. So be glad to work with you guys. Any questions, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. Okay. Well, on that note, before I bring Michelle on to talk about past life regression therapy uh, and her new book, which I know you guys are really going to like, um, I want to tell you a little bit about why this topic is relevant for us as students or consumers of astrology. So um, first of all, the question I get all of the time is, well, did ancient astrologers believe that the soul was moving from one body to the next, the, tr 
broadly called the transmigration of the soul. Was that a thing for ancient astrologers? Did they believe it or not? What evidence do we have for that? So yes, they did. The short answer is yes. And now I want to just share with you some of the best evidence that we have uh, historically, sort of academically. And these, this is just super condensed, like bullet points to give you um, that assurance that yes, this was a thing. And it, in the history of astrology, the belief that the, that the birth chart is depicting the destiny of a soul who's here in a body, not for the first time, right? That's been a thing for several thousand years. So how do we know that? <clears throat> well, in both the East and the West, at the dawn of Hellenistic astrology, Indian astrology, the dawn of horoscopic astrology in general, was the belief that the soul was transmigrating from one form to the next. And sometimes that, that in certain traditions, that could also be animal, vegetable, human forms. Uh, so it's not just one way of looking at how the soul moves from one form to the next either. That's really interesting that there was a lot of diversity in terms of how people viewed, you know, what forms a, a, a soul could take. But common to both Indian and Greek philosophy were three concepts that were like mirrors of one another. One was uh, the process of reincarnation or transmigration uh, called samsara or metempsychosis in Greek. And then moral and psychological laws that govern the process of how that works, referred to as karma in the East, catharsis in the Greek. And the goal of escape from the process of the entire thing through maybe a final a final spiritual form or maybe a transcending form altogether and merging with God. I mean, there's a lot of different ideas that are floating around in the ancient world, but that was called moksha in the East, lusis in the West. So you have these parallel concepts that the soul is transmigrating from one form to another, that there are moral and psychological laws. They're deeply mysterious. They're hard to understand, but that govern the process of how that works, which is partially why we should be interested in living a virtuous life. And also that there is the goal of reaching a final spiritual state imagined in different ways. Plato suggested, for example, that the process of catharsis or purification through successive reincarnations or um, successive forms changes the soul that is becoming better uh, into a better incarnation and the soul that is becoming worse in, gives it a worse incarnation as a way of sort of course correcting. That was Plato. I'm not saying you have to believe any of this, just kind of laying the evidence out there so you know why this topic is, is so relevant for us. The Chandogya Upanishad, which was written sometime between the 8th to 6th century BCE, similarly said that those who can, whose conduct here has been good will quickly attain a good birth. And that's widely a, a widely held belief in the whole history of Indian astrology, of course. In the Phaedo, which is a, a text written by Plato, Plato says, those who have cultivated gluttony or selfishness or drunkenness are likely to assume the form of donkeys. <laughs> that doesn't sound very nice. Or other perverse animals, while those who have preferred a life of lawlessness and violence will become wolves and hawks and kites. Okay, so I'm not, you know, maybe that's a little punitive for my own taste, right? I'm not sure that that's how things work. I'm not suggesting you believe that. It's just, again, more evidence that this was a, this isn't just some new age belief. This The belief that the soul is moving from one form to another in a process of purification is very, very old. You see it all around the ancient world. 
Chandogya Upanishad also says, those who have lived wicked, wickedly may be reborn as dogs or hogs. So again, you know, some of, some of this might be a little more punitive. Maybe we have, you know, maybe there's a lot more compassion involved in how this works than what ancient thinkers were imagining. Who knows? But the point is, again, this was widespread. For the Orphics, another school of um, mystics who practiced astrology, widespread practice of astrology among the Orphics, rebirth was dreaded and escape from the, quote, sorrowful, weary wheel of fortune was the ultimate goal of that spiritual school, who, again, were some of the carry, early carriers of the tradition of astrology. Cicero, who uh, was lived around 106 to sometime around 43 BCE, uh, once said that the doctrine of transmigration was introduced into Greece by Pherecides of Syros, and I'm probably pronouncing these uh, names wrong, who Porphyry also said had the ability to remember his past lives. Um, remarkable. According to Apollodorus, Pherecides may have lived around 550 BCE. This may date Pherecides to the same time when Greek and Indian uh, thought were fluidly connected by means of the Persian occupation of Babylon. So when the Persians occupied Babylon, it became this melting pot of uh, philosophical and mystical traditions from both the East and the West. So it is very possible that we have we have people walking around that time who are remembering their past lives. Um, that 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 it's interesting to note that that person is dated to around the same time where we would have seen a commingling of Eastern and Western teachings regarding a topic like transmigration. The historian Josephus also mentioned that Pherecides learned from the Egyptians and Chaldeans. So it's, you know, who again had similar beliefs. Similarly, Porphyry said of Pythagoras, when he strained with all of his mind, he could easily see everything there is in 10, yes, even 20 human lifetimes. And Pythagoras was one of the most widely celebrated sort of uh, sages of the ancient world who we know uh, spent time uh, in Egypt. He was deeply influenced by Egyptian mysticism. We know that the Egyptians were commingling with Indian mystics. And in turn, we know that Pythagoras deeply influenced Plato. And we know that astrology comes out of that same transmission line. So it, it is very safe to say that a, probably a majority of ancient astrologers would have believed in the transmigration of the soul. Now, that doesn't mean you have to, but I just, I'm, again, I'm laying it out there because I think there's a case to be made that people who are into astrology could really benefit from um, occasionally doing something like past life regression with someone like Michelle, who you're going to meet in a moment. He also wrote of Pythagoras, the following became universally known. First, he maintains that the soul is immortal. Next, that it changes into other kinds of living things. Also, that events recur in certain cycles and that nothing is ever absolutely new. And finally, that all living things should be regarded as akin. Pythagoras seems to have been the first to bring these beliefs into Greece. Pythagoreans and Orphics were also closely related to the topic of reincarnation. Both seem to be linked to the later dated Hermetic texts as well, and all of those traditions discuss reincarnation. So you have Hermeticists, Platonists, Pythagoreans, Orphics, all of which were early carriers of the doctrines of astrology, all of whom shared similar beliefs about transmigration. Plato said this about the Orphics. In fact, he said the Orphics say that the body, Soma, is the tomb, Sema, of the soul, as if it were dead in its present existence or buried alive. The followers of Orpheus hold that the soul is undergoing a punishment for some reason or other and has this husk around it like a prison to keep it from running away. 
<laughs> like that, that's way too punitive for my taste. But it, this is a really interesting point because it illustrates that there were, there were literally lots of different, I mean, the belief in transmigration was really not a question. The belief was how did it work? You know, the, the, the question, the debate was like, how did it work? You have different schools that say a lot of different things. And some of them, again, for my taste are like way too harsh. Heraclitus said, immortals are mortal, mortals immortal. Each lives the death of the other and dies the other's life. And this was also a widely held belief that the gods, the gods sought out uh, the the human incarnation as a way of experiencing um, what a soul is. That in a way, the soul is like a mediating ground for the gods to experience being alive in a form. Um, so that was also widely held, and that this was not just happening over the course of one lifetime, but that the journey the gods wanted to take within the vehicle of a soul would happen through successive lifetimes. Really interesting. Heraclitus has often been compared to the great Taoist Lao Tzu and has also been credited along with Socrates as being the major influences of Zeno, who was the founder of Stoicism. Now, while Stoicism, it comes a little bit later, but they were another great tradition, philosophically, mystics that carried astrology forward for a long period of time. Well, Stoicism is really was always pretty undefined when it came to the afterlife or like personal, a personal soul that goes from one form to the next. The human soul was still by the Stoics said to be a part of the eternal substance of God. And in this sense, the path of logos or reason is meant to free us from a life trapped by delusions of matter and reincarnating forms. Um, so Stoicism is very similar in a sense to Taoism and the two traditions, while they don't focus as much on a personal individual soul that's going from one lifetime to the next, they still believe that energy is recycling constantly in new forms all the time. And that once you're in a form, the idea is to practice spiritually to be to be released from the trappings of that form. So that th those those schools are have very similar beliefs. And in a sense, they embrace the idea of transmigration, even though they don't think about the soul so personally. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, so uh, you have the uh, personal form of reincarnation and the eventual release of a personal soul from successive lifetimes and successive bodies in a final stage of enlightenment as the most common thread through all uh, Vedic or Vedantic and Upanishadic and Puranic traditions of literature. So in other words, the whole, like a huge swath of Indian philosophy embraces the idea that there's a personal soul that's going from lifetime to lifetime. Uh, it's a part of Buddhism. You have the transmigration or reincarnation as a part of Buddhism. Uh, Parmenides, who is said to have been a Pythagorean, he may have believed in reincarnation. Simplicus once wrote of Parmenides' goddess of necessity, Ananke, who steers all things in the realm of experience, that, quote, she sends souls at one time from the visible to the unseen, and in another time from the unseen to the seen. And that's a reference to Ananke, the, the, who is governing the fate of a soul, sending them from a kind of spiritual state into a, an embodied state in a, in a human form. So at any rate, that's enough. I have more pages and pages of notes like this that are really interesting. A while ago, I did this huge presentation on what the beliefs of ancient astrologers were and a significant portion. I mean, you just got like the super fast cliff notes version, but a significant portion of that, um, talk was meant to, um, 
kind of shed light on what the what, what were the beliefs, what were the philosophical um, sort of assumptions that ancient astrologers were working with? Well, um, about a year ago, I had the good fortune of working with um, Michelle Brock, who I'm going to bring on here in just a second, because I really thought, you know, I want to do, I want to try, I've never tried past life regression therapy. Um, I've heard a lot about it. I believe in the transmigration of the soul. In fact, a lot of my experiences with ayahuasca deeply validated the, the feeling or experience of having lived past lives. Um, and so I tried it and I had an absolutely incredible experience with her. Um, and so I thought to myself, when she told me that she had a book coming out, I said, please, I'd love for you to come on my uh, YouTube channel and we can talk about your book. But even more importantly, we can talk about what past life regression therapy is and why it's important. And hopefully what I've done now is to establish for all of you that astrology very much has a connection with the topic of past lives and with something as valuable as regression therapy. So with that, I will bring on my friend and colleague, Michelle Brock. Hey, Michelle. Hi. So good to have you here. I'm so excited for you that you have um, this new book coming out. Yes, thank you so much. I'm super excited and grateful to be on your channel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, totally. Um, your new book is called Who Do You Think You Are? And it the, the subtitle is An Interactive Journey Through Your Past Lives and Into Your Best Future. Um, I'm going to put it up on the screen really quick so people can see it. And you can pre-order it right now from um, Penguin Random House. You can see it right here on the Penguin Random House site if you look it up. Uh, who do you think you are? And then just type in Michelle Brock and uh, Penguin Random House. You'll find the page. Uh, you can pre-order it. It actually comes out. Um, what month does it come out? It comes out January 30th. So that's January 30th, 2024 that it comes out. Um, what What is the book? Tell us what the book is about. So the book, like I said, is in, like you said, is an interactive guide through your past lives and into your best future. And so it gives you a chance through a lot of kind of reflections and journaling exercises to really prime your unconscious mind to bring out kind of your own memories from your past lives with the idea that your past lives are informing the life you're living right now and that there's insight into your past lives that can kind of help you choose the, the trajectory that you would like to take in the future, the person that you would like to become. And I love your amazing research. Um, that introduction really kind of laid it out that it really is about becoming better, that, that that's kind of the point of reincarnation that I think that most traditions agreed upon. Why do we reincarnate? We reincarnate to learn, to grow, to become better human beings. So the book kind of gives you a chance to Look at your own past lives, see where you've been before, reflect on where you are today, and decide who you want to become in the future. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea. Like, I really knew very little about past life regression therapy when I did my session with you, other than that I'm going to get, like, hypnotized and I'm going to remember past lives. And, and I didn't really understand the why behind doing this. Um, and... Tell me if I'm if I've got this if I've kind of articulated this correctly. My understanding is that in doing this, it's really no different than the unconscious material we're tapping into from our childhood or from dreams, 
or from any other area of the unconscious, that the unconscious carries this other dimension, which includes memories and other unconscious material that come from previous lives. And that getting in touch with that can be just as illuminating as having a dream that illustrates something you're dealing with in the very real time of like this year. It, it's just as valuable to have stuff come up from past lives in the, in the same way any other kind of unconscious material coming up would be useful. Yeah, you got that exactly right. The The premise behind past life regression, and the word regression means to kind of travel back, to go back in time. So a childhood memory would be a childhood regression. A past life regression takes you back beyond your birth in this lifetime to a previous lifetime. But the premise behind it is that we carry within our unconscious all of the memories that we've had of all of our incarnations, and perhaps even possibilities for our untapped potential for our future, because we could have an argument about the nature of time and if time actually exists. You know? <laughs> right. um, but once you're able to kind of make that unconscious material conscious, I think there's a really great quote by Carl Jung that describes this, that it no longer directs your life, right? Mm -hmm. So once you're able to kind of go, oh, that's why I have attitudes about certain people or situations mm -hmm. or limiting belief systems, um, patterns of behavior that you're stuck in, often for many lifetimes, not just in this life. So going back and pulling up those memories from the, your past life, most people have these aha moments, these moments of insight. They're like, oh, that's, you know, the pattern I need to break or what I need to understand. Um, so yeah, you got it exactly right that, that these memories all exist within us. The answers all lie within. We can go and you know, ask for advice of other people outside of us. But at, at the end of the day, um, you're able to tap into knowledge of your own previous incarnations and right. use it to guide your life today. I feel like sometimes, I mean, well, this is what was in my head before I did my session with you was I thought I had a little voice in me that was like, it, the past is in the past. You, you can't, you don't have conscious access to that. I'm sure you, I'd have no doubt that I lived past lives, but I had this resistance to thinking that like, you know, almost like someone being like resistant in therapy to going back to their childhood. Like, you know what, that stuff's in the past. I don't want to go back there. Why go back there? It, you know, why, why, um, why dig around in the mud sort of attitude. And I was really blown away because I did not, that, I was so surprised by the the kinds of memories, scenes, um, impressions, feelings that I had during my session with you that I was like, oh, this is <laughs> this is this is not what I was thinking it was. I, that's the only way I know how to say it, is that this was not about just digging around in in you know in old stuff. It it felt to me like I don't know, just the exact same feeling I get when I have dreams that are so vivid and over time have a lot to say to me, you know, maybe not right away. Do I understand them? Because I've been working with some of the images that came up in our session for months. I mean, really spending time with them. And yeah, I was just so surprised. It was not what I was expecting. Yeah, it's, it's like an unconscious mind dump, right? That you have to have processing for weeks afterwards. And it's interesting that you say that it's, it's never what you think it was going to be. I, I've worked with clients now for 17 years. Um, you know, 
some people are like, oh, I think I know what what's going to come up. It, it's never what they think, but it's always what they need to know and what's relevant in their life today. Because the intention behind doing this work is about healing, you know, healing the past in order to overcome the things that are holding you back again, from the person that you would like to become or the or the possibility that represents your highest potential in this lifetime. So, um, yeah. You know, what, what, what prompted doing this for me, Michelle, was, um, and you know, because I've told you, but everyone else doesn't, I was encountering a pattern that I was like, whoa, I've never dealt with this. This is different. Like this, this is different. I know myself and I know my, my shit, you know, but this is like, oh, this is, this is a little different, um, like unconscious material that's coming up that I've never really dealt with before. And I was like, huh. And something about it just felt like deja vu. That's how I would describe it. Like this feels like very otherworldly. This, this feels like something that's, it felt like karma. I don't know how else to put it. It just felt like this is old. This is something, this is like a little faded thing, an unresolved bubble from the past that's coming up. And I just, it was a very distinct feeling. And that's what got me interested in it. And I was like, immediately thought of you because I've known you for a long time now. And we've been Instagram following each other for a long time and stuff. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm finally going to do this. Because I was, I, I, it's not like I'm closed down to it. I just, like I said, like, I think it might be my Capricorn moon. I was just sort of like, I don't need to go into the past, you know? Then I did this and like, wow, was I so surprised at what, what came up? Um, yeah. But I, the other question I have for you is let's say, I just want to know, because I have people that come and study astrology with me that are like, occasionally doesn't happen often, but I have people who are total atheists. Yeah. I have people who don't believe in past lives. I have people who, you know, they're into astrology because it it does something for them, but they're, they, they don't connect with it on a belief level. Now, I came away with this being like, I feel like people could benefit from this, even if they don't even believe in past lives. Definitely. If they're like, I don't, I don't believe, I don't buy it at all. I'm just like, you should still do this because there's something about it that I feel like, even if a person believed that it was only their imagination that was pulling up scenes and memories. I would say that there, there is still something of such powerful, such powerful archetypes that came up for me that even if I wasn't a believer in past lives, they were insanely valuable to, yeah. to see these scenes coming up. So I'm just wondering how, have you ever had people who come and do this with you who don't even believe in past lives? Absolutely. All the time. And I think that what you're hitting on is actually really important and something I talk about in my book quite a bit is that, you know, when you have an, a personal experience that transcends faith and can become your own truth, right? And however you choose to define that is completely up to you. And yes, it's true. A lot of people associate the belief in reincarnation and past lives with certain uh, religious traditions. And one thing that you and I have in common, and we've discussed this before, is that we both grew up in a, with a religious background. And um, the religion I grew up in did not, you know, believe in reincarnation and past lives. But I had an experience that was multisensory. I felt it. I saw it. I knew it. And it felt true. Mm. So, you know, some people leave sessions with me like, I don't even know if that was real. But 
<laughs> there's always a but, they're able to kind of connect it to their lives today. So to me, I would much rather work with someone who's a little bit more of a healthy skeptic than right. someone who's maybe read every book there is on reincarnation. And, you know, someone who's just willing to be open-minded and see what happens and see if they can find ways to make that relevant, um, you know, in their life. I, I, I'm not for or against religion at this point in my life. Um, you know, I think that it, it serves a, a purpose for some people, but uh, to codify beliefs around a, an institution doesn't ring true for me personally in my life. But, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's all about having personal experience. And, and one of the major themes in this book is about divisiveness and mm -hmm looking at people as other, like, I believe this, and I don't believe that. Well, in a past life, maybe you were the group that you think yeah. is the other, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. that was my intention behind writing this book was really like, if people could just see firsthand themselves, not believe it, not have this, you know, kumbaya, um, mm. past lives moment, but a real practical, tangible yeah. experience um, and this is maybe my Taurus moon, right? Like <laughs> to experience it, the embodiment um, of it, um, that it would really change the way that not only you think about yourself and your journey, but think about others as well. That right. maybe it would allow more compassion and empathy in the way that we see others and and the and the concept of other. Yeah. I, I, one of the things that I feel to that point, I remember I said to Ashley right afterward, uh, that's my wife in case people don't know, she comes on the channel quite a bit. But so afterward, after I had the regression, I said, you know what I was surprised by is I was not in any of these memories in the lives I was living. I was not a person of any significance. And for some, you know, I think this is, again, just like a new age stereotype uh, cliche. And I've seen, I mean, when you're around the new age scene for a while, you see some people who are really bonkers. So it's, it's easy to like develop these stereotypes, but it's like, oh, as soon as someone's talking about a past life, it's like, well, I was the high priest of Atlantis, you know, or something like that. And, and it's always like, geez, does it always have to be that you were, you know, I, I always was so annoyed by that, you know, and, and, and I went into this thinking, like, I'm sure, you know, like, I, I'm sure that I'm, I'm, I'm going to come up with some theatrical thing or person that I was or something. And, you know, I was kind of like skeptical about that, too. No, I, I mean, in both, I was literally just an ordinary person yeah. with no great fame or anything. And that when I came out, I said to Ashley, I said, it just made me realize that that's how most of us are. Yeah. We're all just like very normal, like common folk. And we have many, many, many past lives in which that that's all we've been. That's exactly who we've been. And that's always been enough. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people for some reason are really focused on Cleopatra as like, the person. <laughs> like, is everybody Cleopatra? I'm like, if you're going to project on a historical figure, I, I, I suggest choosing a different one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's true. I mean, most people do remember past lives. And, and I do occasionally come across people who were notable figures in history in a past life, right? Um, nobody who was wanted to do a press release and, and announce who they were. But for, for most of us, it, it we're, we're human beings 
on planet Earth trying to do life, right? And and the things that interest me the most after all of the many years that I've been doing passive regression are the commonalities that we have, the universal experience of being human that transcends time periods, culture, background, race, gender, um, gender expression, all of that. So um, I've kind of become an amateur spiritual anthropologist, I guess is <laughs> how you would say it. Like what, what makes us human and what makes us, um, you know, be able to con- find ways to connect with each other and build bridges through this universal human experience. And like I said, that was my intention behind uh, writing this book because I don't need to tell anyone that there's a lot of divisiveness uh, in mm-hmm. the world today. Um, and as I'm sitting there, watching this and you know i i came across the idea to write this book during covid lockdown and black lives matter and you know all of this and i kept thinking like if everybody could just see what i've seen which is that you're not who you think you are <laughs> right that you're so attached to these identities that end up being false identities right so the book kind of leads people through each identity that we cling to as Mm. human beings. And then I poke holes in all of that about how it might be a false identity. And then what you do with that new information moving forward. If I can lose that identity, that way that I see myself or think Mm. about myself. And that includes looks and also your story, your background. Um, Some people have lifetimes that are far more challenging than others. Right. Mm, mm-hmm. And just being a double Libra with a Libra stellium, I was like, how is that fair? Right. right, right, right. <laughs> Fairness is like a big thing for me. When I would be a kid. I'd be like, why do some people get to live to be a hundred and some people like babies die. Right. So um, it wasn't really until I understood how reincarnation worked and had my own experience remembering my past lives Um that it, it started to make sense to me and sharing that truth with other people became my life's work pretty quickly because of how much it changed my own life. Yeah. I mean, I, one of the things that I teach in my first year program that I will, you'll, my students will hear me say a lot is that we are not our birth charts. Mm. Um, the birth chart for the ancient astrologers was a description of the, like in Indian astrology, the Shetra or the field of karma that you are inhabiting. And it's really helpful to get to know that field because there's a deep relationship between the soul and that field. But there was such a clear distinction for ancient astrologers between the field of karma that describes everything from your character to your health, to your marriage, to your parents, to you know your injuries and accidents, and the actual soul itself. And and they they drew a clear line between that. And they, they said that the purpose of using astrology, you see this in the West, in all of these different traditions, uh, and, and astrologers that said this, and in the East, they say you use astrology to help you inhabit your soul and do some healthy differentiating between the soul living the life and the karma that constitutes the life. Not that you want to be dissociative, not that you want to like reject the world or your body or your psychology or your culture, your race, your, your gender. And you don't want to reject any of that because it's part of who you are, but you also don't want to hold on to it so tightly that you become cloaked in, in ignorance of who you really are, which is a soul that has had 
different fields that it has moved through and will continue to have different fields that it moves through. Yeah, I think that that's really well said. And, you know, one of the things that's really interesting about astrology is that I believe that we choose the circumstances of our birth in our lifetime. Like, and this is something I learned from my own experience, as well as the experience of my clients who are doing regression work with me. They describe that, that there's free will, right? Mm -hmm. And that we choose when and where and how we're born. And with that comes this kind of blueprint of the things that we're working on the tendencies, right? Like different planets have different strengths and weaknesses. And, and it, it kind of speaks to that. Uh, we kind of have to be all things like mm. sun sign, moon sign, rising, like over many, many lifetimes in order to fully learn what it means to be embodied in, mm. in physical form in human form. And it's about learning and growing and becoming better. We don't know I that and where, where that ends right. <laughs> with the, um, you know, it, it, are cycles ever never ending or is there right. a goal? We don't know. Right. But we and I love to be better. We're supposed well, to. It, and I think like I would ask about the word better because I'm sure that that word will land with some people listening to this. Like you have to do better. Yeah. You know, but I think being better is really, I would equate it with, inhabiting a more soulful, loving state of consciousness, right? That being better is really a way of saying, becoming more luminescent, becoming more compassionate, forgive. When you put, when you think of better, sometimes people think of it sort of Saturnian. You got to pass 12th grade and go to college and get, you know, like pat, like jump hoops. And from your work and the way that I've seen you work, uh, you know, with me in a session, and I'm sure this is in your book too. The way of thinking about better is really thinking about more light and love, right? Yeah, and thank you for challenging that term. I mean, because I do think, especially in new age communities, there's a lot of the idea of of we're supposed to transcend the the body or like there's some achievement. Like I, yes. I did it, I meditated, right? Or, yeah, right. And and I think that you're right. It's about becoming more compassionate, more loving more inclusive. Um, and I think that, you know, one of the things that I believe that we're headed toward, and maybe this is why all of this divisiveness is happening right now, is that we each individually can evolve into being more loving, more mindful, mm -hmm. more aware of our soul. And then that will eventually create the collective change that is needed. I mean, we do, we still, we do still have some work to do with right. that, but um, that we're, we're collectively evolving toward that goal, but it starts with each individual and each individual having, you know, experiences that point them in that direction that life gives you. And passive regression is one of, like you said, many different ways you can find that truth because the truth is a universal truth. There's no one path. There's no one way. Yes. Right. Oh, so nicely said. Yeah. Um, I want to ask maybe just one or two more questions Then I want to tell people how they can find your book again and okay. make sure people know where to go to book a uh, session with you, which I highly recommend. Um, the next question I have for you is just how did you get into this in the first place? And you also had a really, uh, you know, you had a special teacher in, in my opinion, and maybe some people have heard him too, but could you talk a little bit about how you got into this? Yeah. So I got into this through my own experience. Um, it's kind of a long story, but my, my sister who I'm very close with uh, gave birth to her youngest son 
in a hospital and had a near-death experience. And during that, and, and she was fine and the baby's fine, but she spoke a language that nobody could recognize during what was essentially a stroke. And her doctor was like, well, there was a guy who used to work at this hospital who wrote a book that might explain why she wrote, why she was speaking in a, a different language. And he gave us Many Lives, Many Masters by the great Dr. Brian L. Weiss. Um, and I read it in one sitting. I couldn't put it down. It was literally like something lit up, you know, within me. Um, and yeah, I went to a workshop and I'm sitting in an audience of obviously hundreds of people because he's a renowned teacher. And, you know, I'm thinking, I really want to have this experience. And we'd had group experiences. Yes, there we go. <laughs> it's a classic at this classic. Point. Um, I, I remember when I read it for the first time. It's, it's one of those books that also to most people describe as having a mystical like life of its own. Like, I don't know how it ended up on my bookshelf or someone gave it to me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, was like, I can take one volunteer to come up on stage. And of course, everybody wanted to do it. And for some reason, even though I was sitting in the back, I'm like, ooh, me. He picked me and I went up on stage and I had an experience that completely changed the way that I look at everything, like mm. just complete filter change. Like you go to the optometrist, right? And it's like, you're like, oh, can you see better now? Or now it was all of a sudden like, whoa. Um, and I ended up, you know, studying regression techniques with him, but it opened up this whole world into, um, you know, energy medicine and intuition and um, shamanism and like, you know, mm -hmm. obviously astrology and, um, yeah, that was quite a few years ago, um, but I do consider him to be uh, kind of the, the the grandfather of this work. Um, but, you know, once I realized and, and going back to your question, it changed my life so personally. And, and the, the story about the past life I had on stage was about losing my mother to cancer when I was only two. And it was like 15 years of therapy in 20 minutes, you know, not that you can bypass the therapy kind of part. I don't mean to say that, but just understanding, you know, that there was a larger purpose for that loss, understanding how my father acted, you know, in, in the, in the months afterwards. Um, and actually that story is in um, Brian's book, Miracles Happen, um, which he published in uh, I think 2012. Um, and, yeah, I just thought that this is just so profound and so personally helpful and life-changing that I feel like I get to pay that experience forward on a daily basis with every single person that I work with. So um, I, the joke I always make is that it's impossible to have a boring day at the office, right? And I'm sure you agree with me. Mm -hmm. People are fascinating. Um, their stories are fascinating. I'm a history nerd. I, I was before I got into past life regression. So um, but yeah, and this book is really a culmination of everything that I've learned from the, over the last, I think it's now 17 years, watching people have these experiences and then doing it long enough that I can actually track how their lives change. You know, I'm kind of either social media friends with people or they send me 
um, updates, people that like were trying to conceive and end up getting pregnant after remembering dying in childbirth in a past life mm-hmm. and realizing they had an unconscious fear. Is it psychosomatic or is it a past life? Who cares, right? They're, they're <laughs> happy, they're joyful or getting married or starting new businesses. It's, it's, it's literally the most rewarding uh, work out there. So, Well, and I can say personally that the the unconscious material that was coming up for me after I did the regression work within a couple of months after that work was just gone. It had resolved itself. So I, I certainly benefited from it to the extent that I really wanted to get you on the, the, my program and, and make sure that people knew about your work. I think you're very talented. I can't wait to read your book myself. Um, I, and I couldn't recommend for all of you out there, uh, highly enough checking out Michelle's work for yourself. I, you guys know me, I don't bring people on to my show unless I like them and I like their work. So um, you can find Michelle on Instagram at the handle is past life. Michelle, is that right? That's right. Yep. Yep. The book once again is called who do you think you are by Michelle Brock. And I'm going to share the um, penguin random house page. Mm -hmm. So you can see who do you think you are? Uh, the subtitle is an interactive journey through your past lives and into your best future. Um, I do, I can't tell you guys enough. If you are someone who is like, Oh, past lives, it's new age fluff. This is not, I don't like new age fluff. I've got a Capricorn moon. I tend to be very skeptical about that kind of stuff. I think what Michelle does and the way she thinks about and works with this topic is very enlightened and super practically helpful. Um, it really helped me. And so you can also go to her website to check out her work and I'll bring it up right now so we can go there. Um, this is michellebrock.com. Use the uh, the dash in between Michelle and Brock. And I'm going to take you over there. Uh, here we go. Just make sure it's loaded here. Okay, so here you can find her website and then all of your socials are there as well, right? That's correct, yep. Yeah. Cool. And so when it comes to pre-ordering the book, you can order it through her website, upcoming events. You do events in New York City mostly, right? I do, but um, more and more virtually, but I'll be doing book tours. Um, and the, the book comes out January 30th in the US and Canada, but it will come out February 8th in uh, Europe and Australia. And uh, there'll be a German uh, language version that's out. I, I'm not sure when, but it will be available uh, worldwide, actually, um, in the late winter, early spring. Very cool. Yeah, it's a, a super great to have you on. I think the first time we met was I was doing something on the nodes of the moon or Pluto or something like that. And you came to a workshop, right? Yeah, you did a workshop on past life astrology. And I was like, how could I not go to that? Right. But it was wonderful. And you're and I'm really grateful to be um, a guest on your channel because I'm a fan of your channel. I watch all of your content. So thanks. Thank you so much. You're a really talented teacher. And I I really appreciate you giving me the chance to share my passion and my work with your audience. You know, I was telling Ashley, I was doing this interview and she's like, oh, my God, I've been meaning to book my own session with Michelle for a while now. And I was like, yep, you've, you've definitely, you know, whenever you, it's time, it's time, but do That's it because right. you'll really like it. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you so much for being here and um, for uh, um, for all of you out there. I hope also that the little 
the the little intro gave you some. Um, uh, I didn't want to labor it too long, but I wanted to give people some context because astro this is something that astrologers believed astrology was a part of that the, yes. the evolutionary journey of the soul from lifetime to lifetime, that the birth chart was a way of understanding where that soul is and the temporary identity that we're putting on in this lifetime and so on and so forth. So um, I just wanted people to understand that there's a real nice astrological history behind this topic as well. Um, and yeah, we'll look forward to having you on again. Maybe when your book comes out, we could uh, have you come back on and, uh, and talk. Maybe we'll have some questions from the audience or something like that. We could have you back. I would love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank that'd you. be so much fun. Okay, well, thank you everybody for listening. Be sure to check Michelle's work out and leave your comments in the comment section. Have you ever had a past life regression therapy session before? Have you ever had any significant experiences between the symbols in your birth chart and memories of past lives? Uh, we'd love to hear your stories as well. And we'll look forward to talking to you guys next time. Bye, everyone.